Welcome to the Offseason Podcast. My name's Sean, I'm here with my co-hosts, Petty and Dre, and we've created a show that straddles the line between the creative and health and wellness communities to spotlight the similar conversations we saw happening in both circles. It's a platform for storytelling, exploration, and learning for anyone who wants to grow, reflect, and take advantage of the off-season. In today's episode, we talk about the relationship between habits, priorities, and values. As the city started to open up, the three of us were curious about the habits we formed during lockdown, how to stay on track with the endless distractions at our disposal, and how our values and priorities ultimately determine the habits we keep and the ones that we don't. Let's get to work. So how are you guys feeling today? High on life. High on life. (laughs) Honestly, it's been the theme all week. That's pretty good. Yeah, I feel the same. Stress is high, but like yeah. like you said, there's a lot that's come to the surface in a really positive way that I don't know, I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm slowly built, ramping back up. So I was out down and out for the week, <laughs> which was actually really nice because it's like yeah. the freedom to kind of disconnect and not fo- like think about anything and just focus on resting. And now that the weather, the summer is here and whatnot. I'm like, okay, slowly. Toronto just, summer's undefeated. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's like slowly ramp into it. Like get yourself in there slowly and not just like, don't just jump into the deep end because it will, it's like, it'll be a terrible cycle, right? But it's good. I'm like, okay, just dip your toes and then get yourself into Toronto summer. <laughs> it's been a while, but I'm like, keep your head on. Yeah, there's there's definitely an energy in the city Dating back, yeah, mm-hmm. dating back to last week, mm-hmm. Dre and I were walking uh, just outside on Queen last weekend, and people well, everywhere, yeah, you could just feel it. And mm-hmm. at that point, the Leafs were still in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's a, <laughs> no, that's a so, big one. No, but that was that's a game big, seven energy know, on on a Saturday, right? Yeah, no, that's uh, part of it. Didn't go so well, but it was uh, you could feel it for sure. Yeah, but even just in general, right? Like leave aside from them there's like every space it feels like everyone's kind of backing out right mm-hmm. like it's sun just it being like cherry blossoms like it's yeah everywhere okay mm-hmm. it's a good it's a good feel yeah and i think that that's a good kind of way to start this conversation because now that we're kind of back to some type of normalcy um everything seems to be open events are happening things like that um it's kind of the first test of what habits did we build during COVID-19? What mm-hmm. habits did we drop? And are they going to stand up against like the real world again? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's a good place to kick it off. Dre, like, what are your thoughts? I was like, that was such a great way to tie this together. <laughs> I was like, that's so true. I was thinking about it. Um, because you didn't have any of those distractions, or maybe you had different distractions, um, but you kind of had the two years to really like catch them and then practice. But now it's like, okay, now you're moving to the next level. It's like friends want to go out. Like you said, events are happening. Um, you want to go to the gym. You just want to be outside. Like There's so many competing factors and I would say even priorities for some people that you know the day is only so long like how do you fit it all in and still manage to take care of yourself and -hmm. those around you yeah what about you petty I actually feel it started that process started before COVID for me like right before because that's when the appreciation program started Mm. so the mindset going towards things was a little bit different and then heading into um the first wave of lockdown it was like oh we're already kind of we have some momentum going so it's not social but it's like we have this group of people that we have together and we kind of know what we need to focus on and that was good energy going into everything because it's like oh now that we have this time how do we build on it and can we take this time to grow and focus on what is priority for us right and then that yeah that was a I don't want to say it's a, it was pretty much a blessing in disguise to get things started because looking back two years later, um, I went on a walk with John and we're like, we're in different places. And it kind of started two years ago when we like kind of got that, our heads on our shoulders. Right. And we're like, yeah, this, this feels good. Like I'm happy when we we're on a walk on Thursday night and to what we were saying, the city was bumping energies out. We're like, we're walking his dog, like, you know, completely sober, just like, this is this feels right for us right we're just at a different stage and i go that's what it did it just helped us accelerate 
what stage we wanted to be in in life and where what our priorities are and like really focus on what that is for us i go yeah this this is where we want to be like don't get me wrong we love going mm-hmm. out like we always make a joke like maybe we should just go out like let's let's figure this out or like let loose yeah right he's <laughs> like he's like it's like hey you want to hang out he's like hey should we just go out like start drinking it's like uh maybe and then we both get there we're like no this is this mm-hmm. is right but i go that's it's taken us the time to to get there and the two years has definitely helped and it's just like okay now we but use the, i guess to use the word matured mm-hmm. for ourselves to know that okay we can do that when we want to and we can we still love doing it here and there but we're at a just at a place where we want to pick and choose and we want to make sure it's right for us at the time unless you know all right you doing anything okay let's go out and party <laughs> right i'm sure sure you guys have uh, experienced that oh yeah uh my friends definitely enjoy going out and i think for me like we were talking before we hit record that i've been feeling really stressed and I think a lot of it is because I had gotten into a routine with the pandemic of Mm -hmm. not going out and not socializing as much and focusing on what are the changes that I want to make for myself. And then all of a sudden, everything's reopened. Mm -hmm. The whole summer is built around going to concerts because they're finally back Mm -hmm. and wanting to be outside as much as possible because A, the winter just ended. And then second of all, like being able to... Toronto's amazing in the summer, but it's way better when there's places to go and things to do, which we hadn't had for the last two summers, even though we were kind of allowed Mm -hmm. outside. So for me, a lot of the pandemic was building these habits that I wanted to make standard in my life. But now that everything's kind of come back in this like massive tsunami, I find myself kind of slipping. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I'm stressed and today this morning before coming here it was okay where is the stress coming from i had a conversation with a friend who's like stress is not something that happens to you like a lot of times we say i'm stressed i'm stressed Mm -hmm. like no it's an emotion Mm -hmm. and if that's the case what is causing the emotion and so starting to think about well i've stopped starting my mornings uh journaling i've stopped laying out my to-do list for the day. I've stopped kind of checking things off my list. And now I have these exciting projects that are coming to life, including this. And I feel I'm being stretched, but it's not because I'm necessarily being stretched. I am, but not to the degree that it feels. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm not organizing myself and setting myself up for success. So for me, that's been like, I need to get back to that. Mm-hmm. What stood out for me was that uh, in your story right now, but also for me once like things started opening up, is I, I kept noticing a lot of resistance. I was like, I feel like I'm resisting that the world is opening up again. Me too. Not because I, I didn't want it to happen um, or because I was, you know, scared from like a medical perspective and what was going on with COVID. Like it was really just oh, now I need to go back to like, you know, working or be like I was working, but I mean like on site and doing things where you're away for a long period of time or yeah, you, you know, friends will want to see you, you want to go out or just like going back to a physical gym rather than like working out in your house. And I was like, I don't know, I felt stressed and just like a lot of resistance about what was coming up because I think I just really got comfortable and really liked the world that I was kind of living in day to day for the two years that we were in lockdown. And I have definitely felt that there's some habits that have been able to stick with me Mm -hmm. throughout this period as we've been opening up. And then there's others that have definitely been a lot more challenging and finding myself slipping and you feel it, you feel it in your energy, like your body, Mm -hmm. like all of it, um, your emotions. And so I find that I try to course correct and I'll be like really on it for like one to two weeks and then they slip again. And then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be like, okay, what, what just happened here? Like, let's try again. Mm-hmm. I'll be on it again for like one to two weeks, maybe three. And then they like fall off again. And so it's been frustrating, but also interesting to take a look at like maybe more of the habits that are a lot more natural mm-hmm. or I've been doing a lot longer or, you know, whatever it is um and even just like priorities too looking at that like okay these habits are sticking because 
maybe they're of more value or maybe I just prioritize them that much more than some of the other ones that I'm like trying to make happen, but don't come as naturally to me. Hearing both of that, it's a lot of the world's opening. Initially, there was a lot of, I don't say, I guess controls, right word, right? Is there was, um, it was involuntary, the world closing. And then now you've like created your environments that you feel comfortable in. Mm -hmm. You're like, this is great. But now that the world is open, there's less of a, there's less, it's not voluntary anymore. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's now open. So there are the options to do that. And how you reconcile this like world that you've created that you love with everything else that was normal Mm. initially, that reconciliation is what I guess is creating all this. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, but like you still have the choice. Right. Like it's just obviously harder to say no no yeah right yeah. um when you when you when the answer was already no because of like i yeah. guess social stipulations whatnot right and i go that's the thing and it's like oh i guess figuring right, out it took the pressure off of you having to make yes. that decision for yourself exactly what you're getting at. exactly yes. so when you think about like I, I don't know whose theory it is or whatever but it's the idea that if you give somebody a menu with two items and a menu with 16 items it's a lot easier to make a choice with the two items than Always. it is the 16 mm-hmm. right and so in this scenario, and I've thought about it with COVID, when so much was kind of pulled away, you create this little bubble that it's crazy to think about, but it lasted for two years. So it was mm-hmm. your every day for two years, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so, event, of course, you're going to get comfortable. You're going to find, you know, mm-hmm. ways to pass the time and, and cope. cope. Mm-hmm. And part of that was finding projects that mm-hmm. you can kind of look forward to doing because there was not a lot else to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And so for me specifically, living in a condo where I live, eat, work, sleep in the same space, at one point worked out in the same space. And so creating kind of like an environment that allowed me to make the most out of it um, was really important to me. And then now I feel like I'm not in that environment as much or I've there's more opportunity to leave it and there's almost like this this guilt of well I have things that I should be doing but Mm -hmm. I want to be doing another thing Mm -hmm. um and so yeah it's it's been this kind of like crazy I don't know experience of like having to figure out like what are my priorities and what really does Mm -hmm. matter to me and what did I do during the pandemic that I want to continue and what was I doing as a coping mechanism, as mm-hmm. you kind of mentioned, Dre? Mm-hmm. Um, and so thinking about it and, and dealing with those emotions as they arise has been a, just an interesting experience. I think I think to take it back to that uh, example you brought of the menu with two items and um, 16, it's like that's actually part of what makes habit building really easier, makes it stick, right? Is how can we narrow up the board to only be two things to prioritize? Right. And we're like, oh, yeah, if we can minimize all the choices and all the options. Like, obviously, with the world opening, it's uh, there's always going to be a ton. But how can we reduce what we actually see as options to two things? And how can we make that decision easier? Because it's like, oh, do I want to go to this concert or do I want to do this? And it makes it much more binary. Mm-hmm. Right. And you go, oh, yeah, this makes the concert that much more worth it because you're like, yes 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 it is yes i do and that is worth it mm-hmm. and then are the things still important yes they are but mm-hmm. it's like finding that balance right well yeah. hearing you say that there's almost like this th- this dual concept of the habit building itself mm-hmm. and then the, the prioritizing of what is the most important mm-hmm. so if i want to do these things like are they that important to me or not right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I like to listen to my gut. I think I've talked about it before, maybe not here, but um, with the two of you about if something's like a hell yeah or like a hell yes in mm-hmm. my gut, I'm like, that that's yes. Yeah. Like, yes. And if I don't have that reaction towards something else, let's say it's, um, I don't know, going out for dinner or it's going to a concert to see an artist I really want to see like the decision actually becomes a little bit easy because Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, like my body reacted to this one thing and not the other. Another thing that I'm finding is if let's say the weekend, for example, 
where you have like multiple invitations I already know in my head I'm like one I don't want to do all these things two I don't have to do all these (laughs) things and three okay what can I truly commit to because the biggest priority for me is conserving my energy otherwise I'm not going to make it through the next week Mm. so Mm. I started looking at okay you know Friday I got invited to this Saturday I got invited to that Sunday whatever I wanted to go do this thing does it all fit probably not and what are the things that I want to do I want to go to the gym I want to spend time with my dog I want to sit around and do nothing okay does that fit into or fit around those other things Mm -hmm. if I'm trying to make it work that's also a sign if -hmm. I'm trying to force it to make it work I'm like that doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. if they're like naturally kind of fitting together like I can go to the gym in the morning we'll go to this event in the evening I'm like I can do both I have time in the middle I have Mm -hmm. space Um, But if it starts ending up being like a back-to-back-to-back day, I already know from history that that does not work for me. I'm not going to put myself through that again. I think the best thing I heard there was you're prioritizing conserving your energy. I think that's the habit that you have like really like locked in that makes it really easy. Because it's like, oh, that's now the the thing that makes it binary. So Mm -hmm. it's now, does this conserve my energy or not? Yes no is it worth not conserving my energy yes no and then Mm -hmm. that being the habit as your kind of guiding principle that makes everything that much easier because now you don't have to think about do i like this is this worth it Mm -hmm. blah blah it's like no it's Mm -hmm. does it go through this lens and -hmm. now from there if it's a yes it's a hell yes yeah yeah or even just noticing like you may react one way in the moment but then if you check in with yourself the next day um you may notice that you actually feel fine. So let's say the one evening where you say no to your friends and you're like, oh, maybe I feel a little guilty that I like canceled or I'm not showing up or whatever it is. If the next day I still feel guilty, then I'm like, all right, you know, maybe the next time like I can prioritize seeing them because I haven't seen them in a while. But if the next time I wake up and I'm like, no, actually that was a really great decision for me. Like that's data that I'm going to take forward with me when making decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, we're talking a lot about kind of these two themes of of habits and priorities, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is really great. So when you guys have identified something that you want to change or you Mm -hmm. want to become a new habit, like how do you go about doing that? I I think I'll I'll start this off. I think it starts with priorities. Okay. You have to actually understand Mm -hmm. like the habits are like tactics that you employ. Like that's part of the strategy that you employ. Like that's going to help you get, to what your priority is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The priority is the light that you want to get to. Like that's the direction. It's the destination. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the destination. <laughs> that is what you ultimately need to understand because that comes first. Your habits will support the des- getting to the destination. Um, you just have to know what the destination. I think that's where a lot of people don't, like that's where a lot of the work needs to be done. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, what do you actually want? Because, I mean, that's a very big question. Mm-hmm. But... If you can figure out what that sort of looks like, maybe feels like, that yeah. is the most important because then everything falls under that umbrella. Yeah. It reminds me of a mutual friend of ours who always talks about envisioning like who you want to be. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. like, and if you can have a visual, like a photo, like when people use like vision boards and whatever, like if you can see it and look at it every single day and be like, okay, this version of Dre... 20 years from now looks like this feels like that this is what our day-to-day is like you know um really build out kind of this persona Mm -hmm. like it's a lot easier to have that as a constant reminder to be like okay tonight I'm feeling really tired am I gonna order pizza am I gonna like have a salad with chicken well what would my like future self do would she be like sitting in on a Friday night like having pizza that's not what I painted her out to be so Mm -hmm it kind of helps in the decision-making process. Yeah, that's true. I find um, that type of kind <laughs> of concept has always stuck with me, mm-hmm. uh, but I've also struggled my entire life of not really knowing who or what I mm-hmm. want to be, and I feel like I'm starting to round into that form. Mm-hmm. But I'm 34, and I'm still kind of like, I don't know what that person is or who that mm-hmm. person looks like. And so to create habits for this person that I, I don't actually know mm-hmm. that I, I or who that person is at the end can sometimes be a struggle and so I think 
it's almost taking that, that like that's one way of looking at it but then mm-hmm. there's also like okay if i do this thing for example let's say it's exercise i know that i feel good right mm-hmm. so it might not be i'm trying to be six pack yes. version mm-hmm. of myself down the road but i know that in this moment that when i exercise i feel better mm-hmm. that's a starting point for me yeah. and so it's like okay one day of exercise great two days of exercise great i started when i was like 16 going every day now it's like reversed if i don't go exercise i feel like shit and then it's a reminder that I've built in this kind of habit that's so ingrained in me that now I've got to, I've got to exercise on a regular basis or I feel worse. Right. One of the other things I heard in that is actually like values. Because although you said you don't know or maybe it's unclear yeah. to you who mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this future person is, looks like, feels like, from our conversations, I know that you value freedom and creative expression and feeling good. So health is important to you. So I don't think it always has to be like so specific. Yes, yeah. Like I think, but you have these values, which we talk about values as being like your guiding principles yes. through life that you can rely on. And when mm-hmm. you sit and think about it, it's like, oh, actually, I do have an understanding mm-hmm. of what matters to me and how that can help me yeah. in life. Well, I guess I've always thought about it in the context of say someone like my sister who's a lawyer and mm. knew from a very young age like right. I want to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so every decision she made through high school, university and eventually law school mm-hmm. was built behind this driving force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas me, I'm like fuck, I don't know what. I still don't know what I want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I look at when I think about envisioning my future self, I always think of those types of people who just always knew. You you hear stories like that all the time. I knew I wanted to be this, mm-hmm. and I manifested it in mm-hmm. into you know reality. Um, I've just never felt that way, but I mm-hmm. do like that approach. Uh, speaking of it as values, because they're when I as soon as you said that, it's like well yeah, there are things that I truly do value, mm-hmm. and those are my driving principles. So. Yes. But that, that, like, hearing that, I actually think that's way more relatable because mm-hmm. the people who know what they want to do, I, th- I think they're the outliers, personally. Or Yeah, you fair. Know? And if we actually unpack that, they don't always know why they want that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is, like, I was told that this is a great thing. It's like, well, what do you want? Like, what is it that you like about it? And, and then if you actually unpack the values, their values, sometimes it's in line with what they wanted, mm-hmm. which is which is why they usually get there right and it's mm-hmm. like okay but it's way more relatable to know like i don't know what i want to do but like what are the things that you value what are the feelings that you like what how do you want to feel at times and i think that's something that really shifted for me was a friend's like this is how i want to feel like not that person because it's very specific and you don't necessarily know all that but she's like i want to feel like this i want to be able to do this mm-hmm. i go those pieces can help you paint a bit of a picture and it like you might find it sooner than later in a sense of like, Oh, this is, this is something that makes me feel that way. And maybe it's the movement, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel Mm -hmm. great. So that person in the future values movement because they value it now. Right. And you're like, okay, those are the little pieces that you start to uncover that like help create a trail for what that path looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. You go from there, Mm -hmm. then you work backwards and go further down the the chain. Yeah. And like, yeah, this is a habit that helps me do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And it will change as you go through yes. life, as you evolve, of like course. your values are. I think, at least I believe that there's like these core values that you have that kind of stick with you throughout the different phases of your life. And then I think there are some that lie outside of that, that develop, you know, as you move through life. There's different things that you're going to value depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like we're starting with priorities and values as like the driving forces. And then in order to maintain or maybe transition into those things because it it may not be something that we currently value or prioritize but happens over time then we need to start introducing the habits to help us get there so like what kind of things are you doing let um i just want to throw it into a sports reference just because i think let's do it here we go no so (laughs) sports are a really easy way to understand all of this framework i agree yeah i agree um when you play hockey the goal is to put the puck in the back of the net right score more goals to win so that's ultimately the objective you break that down. So how do we score more goals? We put the puck in the back of the net, right? And then also stop them from putting the puck in our net. So there's two different, already two different lanes. Mm-hmm. And then when you break that down, how do we do that? 
usually there's someone who's really good who can put the puck <laughs> in the back of the net. And then on the other side, you have someone who's really good at stopping it from going. Yeah. Right. So that's like you have your players now. You have like certain people. You look, okay. So how do we get the puck to that person? And how do we get the puck away from this person as much as possible? Systems. Systems, right? So yeah. now we're breaking it down even further. And you're like, okay, well, what do we do to now create the system that supports that person mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. supports the other person? Because those are the those are the main things. Those are high-priority people, right? We give the puck to Austin Matthews. <laughs> probably going to end the back of yeah. the net, right? We keep the puck away from our goalie. It's probably going to stay out of there. And it's just simplifying what that process looks like because ultimately that will help us with the objective right and now as we break that down even further it's like okay well these defenders on the other team do this and then austin likes to do this so how do we now create the best case scenario for him and support that so Mm -hmm. what do we need to do to create space or whatever it is for this person to operate right and you're like then you break it you're breaking it down to a point where it's like if you're the left winger what do you have to do? And you just have to go to this corner and it's like creating it to be that simple. So I that think it can it get that. even more granular, which is crazy. It, it, it does. Because right? you think about it, like in order for all that stuff to happen, right? Like you need to have developed a skill set, mm-hmm. And in order to yeah. develop the skill set, then you need to spend time acquiring the skill. Mm-hmm. Right. And so those things happen. I think about when I was a kid and my shot was kind of like the thing mm-hmm. that was holding me back my dad would be like, if you go down to the basement and you shoot a hundred pucks every day, eventually you're going to be able to pick where you want your shot to go and you're going to be building strength naturally to do Mm -hmm. it. And so it's like every day he'd come home from work and be like, have you shot your pucks? Have you shot your pucks? And I hated it. It drove me nuts. But obviously like I would do it most of the time, not Mm -hmm. always, but most of the time. And it it helped. It helped develop a skill, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about habits, like sports is the easiest one, the most relatable one, right? Like you could be a dancer. You could Mm -hmm. be somebody who's into yoga. You could be a soccer player, a hockey player, Mm -hmm. whatever. It's those small things that you do. And then once you're part in the team environment, then it's like, okay, how does the team build these habits? Well, exactly, right? Because we're well we're building it from the team first because what's the ultimate objective like you build those small habits to support the team Mm -hmm. for their big objective right so you can't support austin if you can't skate right if you You can't can't support yourself yeah (laughs) but but that's it right it's like you need to be able to do that stuff so that you can support the role for what your Mm -hmm. role is for the team and then from there to support your role for the team you have to be able to do those things yeah right? that's so what they say too like aren't you as strong as your weakest link yes mm-hmm. like isn't yeah. that where that comes uh, from in a sense yes and that's why it's like always comes back to a system because if you have yeah. a system that understands that and supports that there's less links mm-hmm. like weak mm-hmm. links mm-hmm. in the chain because it's like oh it's a very um supportive cohesive environment right and i go that's kind of the framework of it all it's like oh yeah there's that ultimate goal and then how do we break it down to you shooting pucks so that you can then support putting pucks in the back of the net and winning yeah. the game, right? Mm-hmm. They go, that's, it gets, obviously, that's not far removed, but at the same time, it's like these little things can support that. We just might not know how they do yet. Right. Yeah, it actually, hearing you talk about that stuff reminds me of that TED Talk that you sent yesterday um, about tiny habits. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. BJ Fogg. BJ Fogg. Um, but in the video itself, he talks about, we're going to start by flossing one tooth, one tooth, and then eventually two teeth, and then three teeth. Mm-hmm. And he's like, after you do each thing, you celebrate it. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm awesome, I think is the example that he uses. <laughs> he's That's like, great. You floss no. one tooth, and you're like, I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and his whole point is, like, it might seem like nothing up front of this, like, I'm flossing one tooth. But one tooth eventually becomes two teeth, becomes three, four, becomes a whole mouth of teeth. Mm -hmm. And he's like, eventually it just becomes part of your routine. And if you, he said what he discovered was that if you want to introduce a new habit, the trigger is the hardest thing Mm -hmm. to figure out. Yes. But if you can figure out that the habit that you are, you want comes after Mm -hmm. that trigger 
it's really easy. So his example is he gets up first thing in the morning, he goes to the washroom. Going to the washroom is the trigger to then floss his teeth because mm-hmm. he's in the same room. Mm-hmm. He's got the floss sitting on the bathroom counter and mm-hmm. that's kind of the trigger. And then eventually over time, it becomes just ingrained. Because mm-hmm. think about it, we do, we do so many things now unconsciously that were ingrained in us as children. Brushing your teeth is one of them. Like you mm-hmm. always brush your teeth when you wake up in the morning. You always brush your teeth before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, small things like that, that eventually now like you don't even think about. You just do automatically. And so the idea is like how can you create an environment where everything goes on autopilot? I get it. Like you want to be present with what you're doing. But like how can you create mm-hmm. that type of thing? And I think what the pandemic did for me was because I was in the same space all the time there were triggers everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Like Dre knows from being at my place, like I have a pull-up bar in yeah. front of the bathroom. And every time I go into the bathroom, I would do X amount of pull-ups, yeah. right? And every time I walked past uh, my yoga mat, I would do push-ups. Like it was just mm-hmm. a way to keep me active, but it was easy because it was right there in front of me. I had a visual cue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think what you were saying, it's like the triggers are the hardest part. Like it's associating this habit with something else that will help encourage it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it has to be super simple, but also make it very evident and very present, right? It's well, finding the right balance of those things. Yeah, and you have to remove the idea of like the long term. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to get overwhelmed when we want to make like five changes at once, right? And mm-hmm. one of them is, let's say it's related to nutrition. Well, like if you're going to go from eating the absolute worst kind of diet you can have Mm -hmm. to like a super healthy one, you're not going to be able to just go cold Turkey. Right. One of my mentors says, don't let, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Oh, I like that a lot. Right. Because, um, that's one of those things that we want to get a hundred percent, but it's like, okay, well, if we're at 20, 21 is a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. Right. And we think Mm -hmm. it's not as good, but it's like, actually it's better. It is better than yeah. where we were, right? So it's like, yeah, let's keep doing the little things, and then eventually, maybe one day you're eating close to, closer to 100 percent or 100 percent. But yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. well, just yeah, I agree with you. I was just <laughs> gonna say that like perfectionism is like a, a form of self sabotage. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It I, is. I knew you were gonna go there. I was well, like, I'm so hyped. <laughs> I had to cut you off. I'm so sorry. There's that. <laughs> but it, I, I was also watching yesterday David Letterman interviewing Will Smith. And he said one of the things that drove him his whole life was his dad saying to him, 99% is the same as zero. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. his approach to life, which is why he went at everything it's with a 100% yeah. all or nothing attitude. Yep. And then one day he was in therapy and the therapist point out, pointed out to him, you know that 99 is as close as you can get to 100 yeah. as opposed to zero. It's like the furthest, furthest thing away. Wow, I didn't say that at all. For this thing away. <laughs> um, and uh, and then that was kind of like an aha moment. And that was like something that he was teaching his kids as a parenting mm-hmm. thing. And like all of a sudden he just take a step back. And it's true. Like 21 is better than 20. It's not 99, mm-hmm. but it's not 20 either. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an improvement in some mm-hmm. capacity. Mm-hmm. And I think we live in this world where we're so confronted with success everywhere we look mm-hmm. you have no idea what somebody's journey is the whole mm-hmm. you know the, you only see the top of the iceberg and not everything that's below the surface mm-hmm. um and it's one of those things that we're constantly comparing ourselves to others mm-hmm. and that's actually would make a good podcast episode yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> Side <note>. yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's just one of those things where um it you know those little improvements and our reason to celebrate. And I don't think we do that enough. No, they add mm-hmm. up. And, and that's all it comes back down well, to stacking, right? right? You talked about yep. stacking, habit building and, and making it so easy. And I think that's what we take for granted is like, Oh, when people think it's so too simple, mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, that's not going to help. But it's like, that's actually the opposite, making it that simple so that it's so effortless that you have to do it. It just almost seems silly to not do is mm-hmm. what you need to do. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, I think the example I have is like personally as a friend studying for their LSAT or the, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Gee, I don't remember one of those financial G matter. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Uh, but studying for it. And he's like, I don't like studying for it. And I was like, okay, well just go home and open your book. Don't do anything else. Like that's part of your process. Just open your book. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's like, okay. Eventually does it. And it was like, 
I felt silly to not to open this book and then not read it read a little bit <laughs> right but but that's the how you have to break it down you have to break like it down to like lot, yeah. you have to break it down to that like level of simplicity it's like yeah. no don't just read one page cuz like one page or one chapter it's still mm-hmm. overwhelming it's like mm-hmm. oh what's the simplest thing you can do it's like take your book out put it there and then open it and then you think about it and you're like well you know it's open yeah. like I'm the one stopping myself from doing this. So then you eventually do it. And then you're like, okay, well, that wasn't so bad. And then you get that fear out of the way. And you're like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I could do this. And then you just have to keep doing it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. like, what's that simplest thing? And I go back to the triggers. It's like, some yeah. for some people, if we talk about the gym, it's like getting to the gym. Right? I was just about to talk about that. Yes. That I, I don't know if it was in one of the books that we've all collectively yeah. read about how like you have to just like just show up to the gym. Mm-hmm. And then leave. And that, like, that's it. That's it. And you just that. go every single day. Because if yeah. the the thing that's getting in the way is just like the showing up piece, mm-hmm. then you're going to go and then you're going to stay for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to stay for 10. And then you're like, well, I might as well, you know, start yes. walking on the treadmill. And then I'll leave. And then you end up being there for an hour. And now you've mm-hmm. done a whole workout. And now it's this thing that's just part of your routine. Exactly. Well, and that's an interesting thing coming out of the pandemic because, you know, a lot of people would make the gym a stop on the way home mm-hmm. because they knew that if they got home first, they wouldn't go to the gym. Of course. Right. And now with the majority of people, you know, teleworking, they don't have that. So mm-hmm. you've got to find mm-hmm. another avenue to create that, whether it's a trigger or yep. whatever. I know a lot of people pick it up walking and cycling mm-hmm. and things like that, but like it, it, the world is kind of changing in that sense. Mm-hmm. So that gym example kind of stands out to me because it's not something that I experienced. Like I, I'm motivated to go on my own, but I know a lot of people like it, it was intentional to stop there on the way home because if Always. they didn't, they mm-hmm. wouldn't go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's even just like the creation of the appreciation program. It's mm-hmm. like the whole ethos of it was like, you get rewarded for showing up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I go because showing up is the hardest part. And it's like, do you think I want to be here at seven o'clock in the morning on a Friday? That's like, well, not, not always, but like what motivated me is knowing that, I committed to it and that there's going to be this many other people who will be there that I have to show up for. And it's yeah. like, Oh, showing up is the hardest part. Cause once you're mm-hmm. in there, it's like the energy in the room is always going to be mm-hmm. up. Right. Cause mm-hmm. we've set the stage for that. It's like, yeah, once you're, once you're there, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no holding back. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's getting there. That's always the hardest. And like, that's, that's what takes the most energy and resistance. And it's like, Oh, if we can figure out the best way to do that, that's it that's all that's all it takes and it's like figuring out what that is like that's actually stopping you or holding it back and i go yeah that's that's what we found that's the biggest one to show up and that's why i guess that's part of our um ethos is just like just show up like Mm -hmm. don't doesn't matter where or what like just show up and then you're showing up for yourself yeah Mm -hmm. i love that you talked about um the reward for showing up because i think that's a really important piece and we've talked about this being like a feedback loop right where we've talked about there's like some sort of trigger and then there's some sort of response that comes out of that and Mm -hmm. then it's the reward like how you feel afterwards that i think motivates you to kind of keep doing it over and over and over again so Mm -hmm. that's what bj fogg talks about in his Mm -hmm. ted talk Mm -hmm. and that's the reason why he says i'm awesome after he flosses Mm -hmm. a tooth Mm -hmm. is because it's he's like the only way to truly make a habit like concrete and Mm -hmm. something that you you will Mm -hmm. continue to do is to celebrate it so yeah. whether it's that mm-hmm. feeling of I just ran 10 miles or it's um, I lifted the most weight I've ever lifted or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it is, like being able to celebrate it. Yeah, I think that's so interesting um, because it is like I'm on that side in terms of like positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you bring up the Will Smith um, example mm-hmm. where 99 is the same as zero in his mind. That's so like really ingrained negative reinforcement mm-hmm. and we know a lot of like successful people have that ingrained in them and that's actually what they use as one of their primary drivers yeah. is like a negative reinforcement piece right mm-hmm. but it's like when does that shift to positive reinforcement and does it or does it ever because that's one of those things that like when it does it's that much more satisf- i don't even want to use satisfactory but it's that much better Right mm-hmm. and wholesome and like it feels more right yeah. versus mm-hmm. like doing it from a place of hurt. 
I actually, year, right? I actually want to position that to Dre because I feel I like that's... I was just about to take that on. <laughs> Talk to me, like, Sean. Talk to me. I, well, just because I know that your upbringing was a motivation in a lot of ways mm-hmm. for why you threw yourself into work and, you know, pushed as hard, push as hard as you do to be good at, you know, all the things that you're a part of. Um, but I've seen the flip now where you've realized how toxic that is for you. And so I'm just curious as to like what stands out to you from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of things I was thinking about personal life and journey I was also thinking about sports for once (laughs) hanging out with you guys too much I'm just kidding um but yeah at a young age I think very similar to Will's story like there's a lot of negative reinforcement and you just use this as a driver honestly to try and prove yourself or your self-worth at the end of the day like that's what you're trying to do comes down to being seen comes down Mm. to being seen being heard whatever you want to use um because when you think about even people like Drake, when they say, you know, you know, started from the bottom, now I'm here. Like, you know how like artists and then like use that where mm-hmm. they came from this place. They're using it as a driver and motivation to prove yourself. And then it's kind of like once you've almost made it in your own head a little bit, you're like, why, why am I pulling from a place? It's like a friend and I have talked about this around like the word hustle a little bit that you're like hustling and hustling, hustling because you're just like, I need to show people that I'm here, that I exist Mm -hmm. and that like, you know, I'm worth something at the end of the day. And now it's shifted to this place of like, well, if I'm hustling, it's because I I care about something and because I want it to be successful for me, Mm -hmm. not for anybody else. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning, it's about trying to prove to other people and get other people to see you, not even yourself. And now I think it's flipped to be like, I see myself. So external versus internal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And where I was coming for um, the sports reference is that uh, similar to the 99 is close to zero. Like I had a coach that would always say, even if you score it and it's three, zero, four, zero, whatever, and we're winning, he was like the game zero, zero, like those, those goals mean nothing, like absolutely nothing. And for whatever reason, he also knew that anger was my driver when it came to sports. And so he'd do things to make me very angry Mm. and I'd play so much better. But the problem with that, and I think I've seen it in a couple of like boxing movies, which I'm a fan of for whatever reason. (laughs) I just am. Um, Oh, you know, grown men with their shirts (laughs) off. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) That's a hard one Um, to figure out. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That when you're angry, but you're you're coming from a place you're not in control of it. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the issue. Is that mm-hmm. when you're coming from these like negative places, anger, using emotions like that to drive you, you can go from like zero to one hundred, but you're out of control. Like anything can happen, anything can set you off. Whereas if you're coming from a place of like you're calm, you're secure, you're like, you know, confident in your own capabilities, you are in control of what's happening a lot better and the things around you rather than it being the other way around. That's really, yeah. You Guys, my, nick- my nickname was the Pitbull for yeah. a reason. <laughs> it was just like set off. <laughs> but, but when you frame it that way, that makes so much more sense in terms mm-hmm. of it being in control versus not, right? Yeah. It's like being able to harness like the energy and have full control, which is way better obviously to, mm-hmm. to have um but this that emotion or whatever it is that was out is mm-hmm. is good it's just less predictable right? yeah there's yeah it wasn't predictable but also like then you can look at like well what did success look like in you know my coach's eyes when when i played from a place of like anger mm-hmm. really like when i reflect on that i was a lot more aggressive like mm-hmm. i was unpredictable like mm-hmm were those things that you you really want to see in your players or is it because it just made me that more like reactive to the things going around like happening around me whereas when that wasn't the case maybe I was actually more strategic maybe I was more calm maybe just like level-headed on the field but Mm -hmm. I you know I don't think maybe that wasn't as valuable or what he wanted from me Mm -hmm. and so that's why then if he knew that if I can get under her skin, I know how she's going to react. That's why he would do that and continue to do it. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's there's a lot more there. There is a lot more there. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, but just but like in general, yes. like negative reinforcement but versus positive. The same thing from, from my dad too. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't possibly have him at my like soccer games mm-hmm. because, you know, from one side, you know, 
players might be like, you played awesome. It was so great. I'd get in the car, it'd rip me apart. Mm -hmm. And it was never enough, ever, Mm -hmm. um, to the point where I was just like, do I even enjoy like playing this sport? Like I'm sure lots of people have had Mm -hmm. that, that kind of realization. And it was just like so much pressure to be Mm -hmm. up here when you're like, what am I even striving for at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that even comes back to like the attachment styles. Oh we yeah, about, right. <laughs> but, it does. But, but it does, right? It's just absolutely. Uh, this is now like a, just a different outlet to totally. see them, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, this is how you can maintain this attachment style, whether it's secure and like a less secure mm-hmm. attachment style. But this is just an outlet that makes you almost a little bit more secure in a sense. It's like, oh, here, let all your energy out here, and then we'll deal with everything else afterwards mm-hmm. in a different environment. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lis- listening to Dre talk, like it brought up uh, like guys like MJ for me. That, I was thinking right? the exact same where thing. Where they wow. they had to self motivate because they got to mm-hmm. a level where they were already the most successful of anybody mm-hmm. in their sport. Like Tiger Woods is another one, and so you find reasons to motivate you. You yeah. see LeBron James doing it nowadays, yes. where he's like, "Oh, everybody's against me," blah blah blah, and it's like, "No, they're not. It's just." you are trying to find ways to motivate you to achieve success because that, again, I keep referring back to this BJ Fogg guy. One of his things is that motivation isn't actually real. Like mm-hmm. it, it's good for short term. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you want to do something like build a habit over the short term, it's good, but it's not going to last very long because motivation is temporary. Yes. It needs to be intrinsic for yeah. it to yeah. be long term. Right. So mm-hmm. the extrinsic motivators and those like uh, positive reinforcement pieces can be, for the interim, mm-hmm. but then you need to create the habit so that it stays long term, right? And to your point, it's like, oh, there was always stories of Michael uh, MJ, uh, like creating narratives around people that didn't actually exist. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because it's like I feel like that's such from such an unhealthy place, mm-hmm. um, right? Because it's like, oh, he's creating these stories just so he can perform or do these things, right? And you're like, oh, but on the other side, to get to the level of greatness that he was striving for you have to go through that in a sense because there's like no one's been there he's the only one to do that and that's like the trade-off is like oh if that's what grace this is i was like oh is it is it always worth it and and that's something i know i've been Mm -hmm. like resonating on there's that's really sat with me the past couple i say months the past two years is like is that always worth it that like individual accolade greatness Mm -hmm. it's like is it and what's the trade-off and it's like oh i'd rather would i have that rather be mj and like see this or would i rather be i don't know tim duncan and the spurs or craig hodges and people who aren't there on the team but it's like i I kind of i'm okay with that in their story yeah it it feels like conflicting kind of approaches right Mm -hmm. like you know that it's coming from a negative reinforcement (laughs) but it's like common knowledge that that's the only way to achieve true greatness so it's like at what point or where are the examples of the positive reinforcement that Mm -hmm. leads to greatness right because i can't think of anybody off the top of my head and 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 that's the hardest part that's why i say it's like it's a really it's like a double-edged sword because for those people to get there they have to do that like they have to have that extra thing that gets them to that motivates them past everybody else so that's like the Mm -hmm. like they are the zero point zero 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 one percent right because they are the best Mm -hmm. but also the thing that i've really tried to unpack is like they are the best at this one thing that we've kind of created and the set of rules and whatever and it's like that's all they're the best at in a sense right so like what are the other things in on the grand scheme of life that to me are more like that like what are they doing in terms of that impact Mm -hmm. right and we can talk about that with mj and the all the other things that Jordan brand and like his impact on culture and whatnot. And they're like, greatness is something that everyone aspires to be. And that's why the like effect of it, the trickle down is such a big and is so important. But in terms of like human to human interactions, there's other people that I would rather aspire to be that aren't him. Right. I, I mm-hmm. want to study Phil Jackson and how he allows that space and he curates that. And it's like, I prefer like just, uh, Greg Popovich or Tim Duncan and like the Spurs because they're a much more cohesive team where individually all those people weren't as great mm-hmm. but what they achieved was still great in a sense right yeah. and it's just like and, and that's just stuff I've had to do in terms of my own personal what, what my values are right and I was like yeah like 
having that many championships and whatnot is cool but like doesn't it get old like doesn't some of that Mm -hmm. stuff not feel great after a while and like that's why the stories of like you know all the gambling all the talks like the toxicity exists Mm -hmm. because it's like you need to continue to find outlets for it right and i go i'd rather the the guy who came from nothing and made it and then was just like okay well this this is good and i'm gonna <laughs> go to my farm help my kids <laughs> and whatever like, the next yeah. thing. right but it's just like yeah. and and i'm like that's is whatever everyone's like level is it's like aspire to be great yeah. but just know like what it's for and i think that goes back to like the intrinsic piece it's like oh mm-hmm. what are you doing it for and why and if whatever you need to do like go do it but just know why you're doing it right and uh i think actually flip it to like the creative scene it's like that's where i think it is it's a little easier to understand and unpack is because there's less um objective measures in that scene it's like oh great like we we try to find objective measures but it's like everything's subjective everything Mm -hmm. is subjective right so it's like art is so much more subjective and it's like oh this is such a beautiful sculpture or painting or song or whatever and it's like how do you measure that but it's a lot of it is just based on feel. Like, did it connect with you? And like that to me is like what greatness is, is like, oh, can something, can it make you feel an emotion? And I go, that's something that's great. Well, I think one thing that you said that kind of like ties it all together is like the why behind it, mm-hmm. right? And so if you are creating art with intention, if you are trying to win championships for, to be the greatest of all time, like whatever your why is, is mm-hmm. going to, be that motivation um but even like the mj example that is still temporary like being a professional athlete is temporary mm-hmm. and so beyond that then all of a sudden you you're trying to feel that like rush again outside of the, the you know the sport and then it's like where where are my outlets where does mm-hmm. that come from and that's the toxicity but i think like you know a lot of things that have stood out to me in this last kind of portion is like the external versus the internal. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important to think about like, why are you doing something? So the why the internal, the external, your values. Mm -hmm. And then of course, like how do you achieve what you're, you're hopeful to achieve? Yeah. If we break it down, the why is your, um, your objective. It's your priority, right? Yeah. That's all it is. There you go. Yeah. Why are you doing that? And like, what is it you want to do? And then Mm -hmm. the core values and everything are like, are the guiding principles in terms of, is it aligned with you or not? Mm -hmm. Right. And you're like, yeah, you just have to look through those frameworks and that's the narrowing lens that makes it more binary so that it's easier to accomplish. Thank you everyone for joining us today in the off season. Until next time, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to continue the conversation with us on Instagram at offseason.to. Talk soon.